Welcome to Front Office Pros. We are in week 17 of the 2023 season. However, you need to be thinking about 2024 season and beyond. And that's why Joe and I have some dynasty trade targets to monitor heading into the 2024 offseason. Hut, hut, hike! First guy I'm trading for, Steve, is going to be running back Samir White. A guy who's kind of broke out this last couple of games with his opportunities with uh, Josh Jacobs having an illness battling some injury, you know, that Thursday night game against the Chargers, he had 17 carries, 69 yards, and a touchdown. Followed that up with a nice performance um, on Monday versus the Chiefs. He had 22 carries in that game for 145 yards with a long of a run of a 43, so he's shown his explosiveness as well. Um, really like what I've seen from him. You know, Josh Jacobs is a free agent at the end of this year. Don't know if, you know, they'll leave Samir White to be the guy or not, especially with a possible change of the at coach. But if they do, I mean, he was a fourth-round pick. He's, he's Even if they do decide to draft somebody, there's not too many people ahead of him. And I still think he'd find some sort of involvement as well. And he's pretty low on our trade target list. He's got a value of a 25, which puts him in the guys like a Michael Carter, um, the guys ahead of him is even Julian McLaughlin, who's an undrafted free agent, uh, Clyde Edwards Lair, you know, Tank Bixby, who really hasn't shown much in, you know, Justice Hill as well. So you can get this guy pretty cheap. I'd look to be buying him, you know, for the future and just in case he ends up being the workhorse for the Raiders going forward. Yeah, based on that draft sharks trade value chart, I think, you know, he's a, a very reasonable price to go get. And here's the thing. On one side of it, you have possibly a new head coach coming in with that new head coach and new general manager because both Ziegler and Josh McDaniels are out of the Raiders. Do they go ahead and, and draft a, a new running back? Do they sign a new running back? I don't think Josh Jacobs will be back. If he is back, you know, then then his value obviously isn't as good. But here's the thing. Even if Samir White doesn't take over, what we've been able to see that he's a capable backup running back that in the event of an injury he steps in and with the running back position injuries happen all the time so having a guy that is a next man up that in the event that somebody gets injured like if you had jacobs and he was out this week in your semifinals and you didn't have zamir white uh, you're kicking yourself because he could have filled right in and got you pretty much this very similar fantasy production so this is a guy that's there's going to be some uncertainty with the Raiders heading into next offseason, but I think he's a guy I'm willing to, to take a gamble on because I think even if he doesn't become the starter, he has that potential, but if not, he's a good reserve guy in the event of an injury. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's low risk and high, high reward potentially in my opinion. So my trade target, my first one that I'm telling you to monitor heading into the 2024 season is quarterback Bryce Young. Though I was big on this guy since the beginning of the year, uh, but his rookie year did not go as I expected, and pretty much nothing went right for the Carolina Panthers uh, in the 2023 season. Against the Green Bay Packers, Bryce Young had his first 300-plus passing yard game of his career and his first multi-touchdown game since week five against the Detroit Lions. Based on the dynasty trade value chart, according to Draft Sharks, uh, Young is equivalent to a third-round pick and less than Sam Howell, Derek Carr, and Daniel Jones. Uh, to me, it's going to be a gamble if you're going to try to acquire Bryce Young uh, because the reality is we haven't seen a lot 
uh, that would make you that encouraged. But this game was big. And I know some will say, like, well, you're kind of trading for him after one of his best weeks, and I get that. But his his value has depreciated immensely. He was probably a you know higher first-round pick, especially in super flex leagues. So because of that, this is an opportunity to possibly take advantage. Go ahead and talk to that owner who obviously, unless they're going to hold out, they might be willing to take pennies on a dollar, maybe not pennies, maybe a quarter on a dollar to be able to say, hey, I, I don't see enough in Bryce Young. I'm going to move away from him. And this was a sample size. They said, okay, this is something that we can work off of. This is something that I could have some hope that maybe if he gets an offensive mastermind in as the head coach, maybe that turns things around. I mean, look at Tua, right? Tua was on his road to being a bust. And then Mike McDaniel comes in, and all of a sudden, Tua's doing great. Tua was not elite when he first came in the picture. Once they acquired Tyree Kill, Mike McDaniel came in as a coach. Then everything changed. So we've seen potential from Bryce Young. That offensive line needs to get reworked. They need better weapons. They have Thielen's old, so it's going to be a while. But I think he's a guy that I'm willing to, to take a gamble because I have seen some plays that he's made that say, okay, I'm hopeful for this guy going forward. Yeah, I thought it was interesting you had this guy on your list. I know that uh, you like him a lot. Honestly, I was shocked. I had no idea that the Panthers were even capable of scoring 30 points in a game. I was shocked at the result of that Packers game. Um, but, you know, I've been out on Bryce Young, so if there's an owner that's got him, you know, like myself, even with that performance, might be looking to sell him high off of that performance versus – you know, just like, you know, like you said, you're trying to buy high, but people could just be looking to get off of him, but take advantage of that big game if they don't truly believe. I actually think he's the perfect trade candidate based on what you just said, because there's going to be people like me who say, okay, I've seen enough of a glimmer of hope. I'm going to go for him. And then guys like you that say, oh boy, like he's been a disaster. Finally, some signs of life. Now let me see if I can maximize my trade value for him because I want to get rid of him. Because honestly, he has a he has a steep hill to climb. He's got to get a new coach in there that's going to want to work with him. It's a completely new regime, so it's a possibility that this guy's like, I don't want to work with Bryce Young. And if that's the case, then after next year, Bryce Young could be completely obsolete. Like his value would be absolutely in the tanker. Nobody would want him. So. It's it's not it's a risky gamble. I I don't think to me it, it I more don't like, think it's that risky. Just because, really? yeah, just because. I mean, look, if he gets a new coach, brings in, in an offensive coach that can help him along, they need to they need to draft or acquire some better talent at wide receiver because that's the other thing. You just they don't really have a good receiver core. You know, offensive line isn't really the best either. But my biggest knock on Bryce Young was I thought he wasn't going to be able to hold up. You know, physically throughout the whole he know, has though the whole year no i know that's I, you haven't let me finish my point i mean that's that was what i was most concerned about but that's what i've been most impressed for, about because i thought with a small stature once he got hit by these bigger defenders in the nfl he wasn't going to be able to hold up but to my surprise he has so i think you know in the if the situation gets better we just saw with justin fields they go out and get dj Moore. he's been better and been able to support dj Moore as well Maybe that's just what Bryce Young needs. To your point with Tua, they get Tyree Kill an offensive coordinator and an offensive coach. If that happens, maybe Bryce Young looks better in the future. But to your point as well, your price of acquiring him is far lower than it would have been at the top of the season where everyone was thinking this is possibly one of the top 
dynasty quarterback guys to have because he was the first round pick in, or the number one pick overall in the draft. Yeah, you got to take advantage of the dip. And if you believed in him before, you've seen enough that hopefully he does it. And if not, then you move him away. I think he, I would not be surprised if he's a commonly traded player this offseason. Yeah, I'd agree. Cause you'd have people that kind of like myself who don't necessarily believe in his talents and what he could possibly do. And there's going to be people like you who, you know, were really high on him and still want him and probably going to go get him. I, I agree. He's going to be highly traded. So are you enjoying this video so far? Well, if you are, show your support to our new channel by hitting the subscribe button and liking this video. We'll be creating videos all NFL season long, so you're not going to want to miss what we have in store. My next trade target, Steve, is going to be wide receiver Marvin Mims. I uh, got to see a glimmer of what, what he can do as far as the tough contested catches this past game against the New England Patriots. And that's really – I mean, he's he's had a couple of games where he's been able to show that ability of making – you know, some tough catches, but for whatever reason, Russell Wilson doesn't really seem to like to get him involved. I, you know, I think play calling wise, at least earlier in the year, they were trying to get plays in for him, but they just haven't. But I think next year could be different. Second year under his belt with Sean Payton, Broncos moved up, traded for this guy. And I, you know, I think eventually he's going to be a staple of the offense. I do expect the Broncos to move away from Russell Wilson. So hopefully they'll get a quarterback that'll actually look for him and find the open guy instead of Russell Wilson really just only trusting Cortland Sutton. And he's the first read that Russell has, and it's tough for him to kind of move off and find another guy. You know, I think the owner that's going to have Marvin Mims, there is some buzz there, excitement with what he was going to do with Russell Wilson. But honestly, I mean, he's had 32 targets, 21 catches, and, you know, not too many yards and only one touchdown on the season. So, He's been pretty disappointing. You can acquire him at a pretty low cost at the moment, but I think there's brighter days ahead for Marvin Mims in this Broncos offense. And, you know, you could get him for a guy like Jamison Williams, Tyler Lockett, even, a, you know, Gabe Davis if you wanted as well. So what do you say to people like front of the podcast, Dustin Ludke, who says that Marvin Mims sucks? Yeah, I just didn't. You know, I don't understand it. I don't. I don't. I don't think he sucks by any means. I mean, he shows flashes in the return game, but I think he's more than just that return specialist. I know the Broncos haven't showcased him really as that, but he. I think he definitely has that ability. I mean, even in the Texans game where Dustin tweeted out that he sucked, would have looked a lot different if Russell Wilson didn't overthrow him on that deep ball that he possibly could have got. So I think it's a lot of it's kind of been a Russell Wilson problem. Not so much the fact that Marvin Mims sucks. And if Russell Wilson isn't around next year, I expect better things from him. I think it's worth kicking the tires on him. You saw that once Cortland Sutton was out of the game due to that concussion, they started, they had to use him more, and he did show some flashes. And here's the thing. This is Sean Payton's first draft pick. as Because really, I mean, George Payton was the GM, but he was the GM in name only. I mean, this was Sean Payton's first draft that he took over. He was pulling the strings and he went ahead and said, Hey, look, I want to trade up for this guy. Would have gone to the second round to acquire this wide receiver out of Oklahoma. And they haven't used him as much as I thought that they would. But to me, there's no way that they trade up with this guy for a glorified special teamer. I understand he's been dynamic in special teams, but this is a guy that they are going to want to use as a receiver in the offense. 
and we got to remember, Judy has been lackluster. Sutton has done really well. Judy, you know, Sutton's under contract. Judy's got one more year. So, like you said, Joe, the new quarterback come in the picture. This will be next year. Will be his second year understanding the offense. I just think that Mims is a guy that's worth targeting, and a lot of people might be a little bit underwhelmed by his usage. So he's another guy that might be worthwhile to to try to go get him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's hard not to be underwhelmed if you talk. Like I said, I mean, he had 32 targets, 21 catches, 361 yards, and one touchdown on the season. So, I mean, that's that's pretty disappointing. Like I said, the buzz around him was there, and the fact that the Broncos traded up for him, thought we were going to utilize him, especially once Tim Patrick goes down, but just hasn't been there for whatever reason. So my next trade target is going to be wide receiver T. Higgins. With March Chase out, we saw T. Had a fantastic game against the Steelers with eight targets, five catches, 140 yards, and a touchdown. To me, this may be the tip of the iceberg uh, for T. Higgins' value. And the reason why I say that is because I think T. Higgins wants to prove out there that he is capable of being a number one receiver. He's going to be a free agent uh, in this upcoming offseason. And I do not believe that the Bengals will have the salary cap to afford them. Obviously, they can do a lot of rearranging. And they can sign him if they so choose. They could possibly also franchise tag him if they're trying to say, hey, let's try to go for it for one more year. But the reality is Jamar Chase will be coming up uh, very shortly. And the reality is it's going to be Chase and Burrow for the long haul for the Cincinnati Bengals. Chase is going to break records as far as contract goes. He probably will become the highest paid receiver in the NFL history whenever he comes up for billing. Uh, So to me, it is sort of a gamble because we don't know where Tegan's will go. And ultimately, uh, he's going to be paired with whatever team signal caller is. Um, but I'm going to take the risk. So I'm going to trade away guys like Drake London, uh, Debo Samuel, who's getting a little bit older, uh, Michael Pittman, who's also in the same situation, is in a contract year. He'll be a free agent as well. And then Devonta Smith. You know, Devonta Smith's been, you know, a guy I've been disappointed with. Uh, I thought he was going to kind of be kind of 1B to – A.J. Brown's 1A, but we've really seen that he's kind of second fiddle, uh, a distant second fiddle in my view to A.J. Brown. Uh, So to me, if T. Higgins is able to leave that Bengals offense, sign somewhere, become that number one receiver, uh, could could do a lot for his value. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think I've seen enough out of him to believe that he can be a wide receiver one when he's gotten the chances with Chase out. You know, he's performed well and to me performed well enough to be a one uh, for for another team if he does end up leaving the Bengals and just seeing him do it with a guy like Jake Browning at quarterback even you know it's one thing to do that with Joe Burrow supporting you but you talk about not knowing what the signal caller is if he switches teams but the fact that is you know Jake Browning's even he stayed you know fantasy relevant and performing well in a nice clip gives me confidence that no matter where he goes he'll be able to perform and that's a great point because it hasn't been Burrow throwing him the ball in this most recent stretch of games. It's been Jake Browning. And so that does, that does give you a lot of encouragement that no matter who the quarterback is, if he gets hyper-targeted, he's going to perform. And he really has done well. And even if he stays with the Bengals, you're not going to be disappointed. I mean, he's he's you know really been just a little bit underneath what Chase has been doing. So if he stays, great. Uh, might be hard to, to get this guy. I mean, he's had a disappointing year, so if hopefully at some point you tried to acquire him. It might be too late. Uh, you might have to pay a little bit of a premium, uh, but I would be willing to, to roll the dice there. 
Yeah, might have to pay a bit of a premium, especially from what you probably could have gotten, you know, middle of the season when he was just an absolute disappointment, battling some injuries. Um, but, you know, who knows? People could also be scared. When guys are impending free agents, you're not sure where they go. Owners get a little nervous about their landing spots and could be more willing to trade them as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, if T. Higgins becomes a free agent and signs a mega deal with the Carolina Panthers and Bryce Young, are people going to be like, ooh, you know what I mean? Like, I, you know, it really depends on where he goes. If he goes to a bad yeah. spot, people are going to be like, eh. you know, That's you know? an interesting point. I mean, I'm confident about T. Higgins and I like him, but if he goes to Carolina to, you know, with Bryce Young, I don't know. <laughs> Exactly. So those are uh, some trade targets for you to consider heading into the 2024 season. As the season wraps up, we're going to stop. We're not stopping. <laughs> we're going to keep going. We got uh, more videos and podcasts coming your way heading into the 2024 season. Uh, make sure you, you know, hit that notification bell because we continue to have videos on a weekly basis. And we'll be back next week uh, to, to do it all over again. Thank you so much for watching. And until next time.